Okay, let's get started with Parshas Vayeshev, Tavshin Ayin Ches, as we had a, a week uh, off last week, not off, but no new shear, and let's uh, get into this week's shear. Parshas Vayeshev, a lot to talk about, the Yosef store, we start the new world, uh, last week finishing up, so to speak, Yaakov and Esav, and now we have uh, Yosef. The Torah starts off in Parshas Vayeshev, hopefully the last thought will connect with, uh, with Hanukkah, but next week we'll have a, we'll have a shear in Yanei Miketz and in Yanei uh, Hanukkah. <laughs> so the Torah tells us, Vayeshev Yaakov be'eretz mugurei aviv, be'eretz kenan. Yaakov lives uh, and in, the, in this area, in the land of migurei aviv, unusual word, be'eretz kenan. And Reb Nissen Alfred, Limuti Nissen, is bothered by that unusual word, migurei aviv. There are more simpler ways of saying he lived in the land of his father. Uh, question one. Question two is, what do we even have to know that for? Be'eretz Mugurei Aviv. We know where they lived, and we know the last time we met where they were. They were in Hebron. So what exactly is the message of knowing that he was Dafka in the land of Mugurei Aviv, connecting him to Aviv, to Yitzhak Avinu, and not Dafka, just saying Hebron. Ask Lelimudi Nisan in source number one. Kasha. Hanu Yodim Yaakov Ba. We know he came back. We learned in last week's parsha. He didn't go all the way to his brother Esau. So he went back to his father. Number two, Laman in the place where his father had been. Number two, Laman Namar Beretz Migurei Aviv. Vagabe Yaakov Namar Vayeshev Velo Vayagar. Right, the switching of the lashon. Vayeshev, he lived, he sojourned, but Beretz Migurei Aviv. Right, again, an unusual. An unusual lashon. <laughs> and finally, what Chazal already pick up on in the next pasuk, Ela toldos Yaakov Yosef ben Shvaya Right, directly going from Yaakov to Yosef, as there as the as, as if there is some connection between the beginning of the pasuk, Perek pasuk Aleph, Vayeshev Eretz Mugurei Aviv, and connecting that to the Yosef story on line four. Vod Lama Amar Ela toldos Yaakov Yosef Velo Sharachiv. Venerally says Limude Nisan. Shebikesh Yaakov. One might even say, let's just add on the other question that he's going to answer. Uh, the question of many. Beginning of the Parsha Rashi also quotes. Nidrash Vayeshev. What does Vayeshev mean? What does it allude to? Bikesh Yaakov Leishev Shalva. Yaakov Avinu wanted and yearned to relax a little bit. He's had a tough life. He's had a lot going on in his life. He's had love on issues. He's had Esau issues. He's had Dina issues. He hasn't had an easy life. And he wanted a little relaxation, so to speak. That's what it seems like. Obviously, there's something deeper, as we'll see, as we've spoken about in past years. Bikish Yaakov Leishi B'Shalva. Kafatz Allah Rogzosho Yosef. What happened? It's not happening. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak. Kafatz Allah Rogzosho Yosef. Tzadikim Mevakshim Leishi B'Shalva. Tzadikim. Yearn and seek to sit in Shalva. Omar Kadesh Parachu. Lo dayin shle tzadikim. Mashabetsukan lel olam haba. Hashem says, what? Tzadikim? You have olam haba. You want olam hazeh also? Elam avakshim leishi b'shalva b'olam hazeh? No, that's not for you, Yaakov Avinu. And therefore, says the says uh, Rashi, that even though he wanted to be b'shalva, it wasn't meant to be. And again, many olam afarshim ask, what does that mean? What kind of desire was that from Yaakov Avinu? Yaakov Avinu, Leishi B'Shalva? Okay, he was human. Yes, we understand. He's had difficulties and many tsaris. But what exactly was the deeper message of Bikish Yaakov Leishi B'Shalva? Says the Limudin, he's now line number five. Venerally, Shebikesh Yaakov La'asas as Yosef, La'av Revi'i, Bivnei Yisrael Bechayav. Yaakov Avinu suggests the, suggests the Limudin, 
he wanted Yosef to be the fourth Av. It was Avram, Yitzchak, he knew he was third. He knew he was Yaakov. But he didn't know there was only going to be three. Or he thought that it would be a good idea to have a fourth. The Gemara says, Shalosh Nikru Avos. Okay, but we know that Gemara. Yaakov Avinu might not have known that Gemara or that idea. Yaakov thought it would be best to have a fourth Av. Bechayov, and he wanted to appoint him clearly in his lifetime. Kira'ah. If he saw what happened with Yitzchak, he saw the confusion. He was actively involved in that. But he saw when there was a confusion with who was going to be the next uh, that was going to take over the Jewish, uh, the Jewish nation, or not even a nation yet, right? The Jewish, the Jewish individuals. Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, he saw Yaakov, Esav, he wanted to be clear. He wanted everyone to know. He thought that was best for the continuity of this family, which would eventually be a nation very soon. He thought this is what was needed. The Nasan, and that's what it means, Bikish Leshi Bashalva. It's not that he wanted to relax. He wanted to pass over the reins to the, of leadership to Yosef. Of course he was going to still serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu and do everything he can. But Leshi Bashalva, from being the president, from being the king, from being the ruler, he remembers, realized what happened with his father, who gave place of, uh, that could be a mistake. That he wasn't so clear. Well, who was going to be the next leader? What, the whole Yaakov and Esav story? So that there's no confusion. He was going to choose. And he was going to have to choose one. You can't have two leaders, right? Two leaders and nothing gets done, as Chazal tell us, right? Two leaders, you want one thing done? You know, you have to have a, a point one person, right? Two leaders, not two leaders. Ramaz Labanav she Yosef Mimali Makomo. Vasalok Sonis Pasim, Lissimin Gedula. He gave him a physical, an article of clothing as a, maybe a simon of, of uh, leadership, but this was his plan. That's Leishi Bishalva, and that's connecting to his father. Be'eretz Vayeshev, Bikesh Leishi Bishalva, Barrett's Mugure Yavev, connecting to what his father did, he wanted to continue that and make Yosef an Av. The Yesh Lishol, but continues Rav Nissan Alpert. If that's true, we know that each of the Avos excelled and symbolized a certain Midah, certain element. If Yosef, if he would have been successful in appointing Yosef, what would have been the Midah HaMiyuchat Yosef? We know the Midos of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. <coughs> and there is a Zohar, I think Rav Yaakov Emden quotes the Zohar on the Gemara of, in Bersachas Brachas, of Avos, uh, the Tzilos connected Avos. Avram did Shacharis, Yitzchak did Mincha, Yaakov did Meirev, Yosef did Musaf. Right? Yosef and Musaf, the connecting of the names. So yes, in terms of its feel, but what was the Midah? What Midah? Says, the Limude Nisan, Midas HaMalchus. Malchus. Being ruler. Meaning what? Sha'ad kan lo am. Up until this point, there was only one individual. You didn't need a Melech, because a Melech below Am. There's no Melech without a nation. All of a sudden, there are others in the family. There are 11 others to take care of. So you need one ruler over others, and that's what he had planned. But once he's Yisrael, and he knows, obviously, he has the Shiftei Kaab, there has to be a leader. 
as the Pazik says later on, Yisrael. That's, that was the plan. To have Yosef as the Melech, the leader, to be the fourth Av in the chain of Avos. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, it's not time yet though. There's not going to be another Av. There's only going to be the Shvatim. And your job, Yaakov, is not finished yet. Vizesh Amar Akasuv, and that's what it says. That's what Amar Achazal. Bikesh Yaakov Leishi B'Shalva. Katsav Labrogzosha Yosef. Bodai Lezadikim. Ubiuro, as we just said. Shebikesh Yaakov Limsar Hanhagas Vahadrachas Bnei Yisrael Yosef. He was going to give it over. And Hashem says, it's not time yet. Shalom Higiyah Hazman Adayin Limsar Hadrachas Sam Yosef. It's not time, El Shiyah Vihem. At Sofiamov. You have 147 years, not a day less. And that is my plan, and that is uh, what is uh, meant by the Pasik and the Medrash, Ela Vayeshev Yaakov, and he wanted to be Leishe Beshav. And it continues, Ela told Yaakov Yosef, Shiraz Alimsar Lola told Osef, Tachas Ashkachasav Yuso. He saw he was Misugal from uh, regarding more than the other brothers, all the Midos that he saw in Yosef, and he saw he was connected to the Bnei Vilha, Bnei Zilpa, Yesh Darshan, some Darshan that is a Genai of Yosef, some Darshan is a Shvach of Yosef, he felt an Achrayut, and we know who was the first leader, the first leader of Klai Yisrael that took them into Eretz Yisrael, obviously after Moshe Rabbeinu. Ubedivar Yimei Yisrael, Nishnem Bidavarzu, Yehoshua. Yeshua is from Yosef, but he was the leader that took them in. Continuing, as we know, Mashiach ben Yosef. But as we continue, the plans, both personally and nationally, were not meant to be in Yaakov, from Yaakov's view. Yaakov thought he was going to give over the Avhus. It was not meant to be. He was going to be the Av. He was going to go over, give over the Malchus to Yosef, and that also was not meant to be. As we know, Rabos Machshavas Belevish. Va'atzas Hashem itakum Malchus was going to come from Shevet Yehuda and not from Yosef. Nirali, as many others for him also say, because Malchus cannot have be based on perfection. Yosef eventually Shaul, right? That was a Malchus and personality based on without hate. If there's hate, then it's self-destructive. Yosef who can together tzaddik shalochata, the Yehuda who together baltshuva, the mashor that tzaddik can be many. As many, David Amelech uh, was able to overcome fault, overcome sin, and he is David Melech Yisrael, and therefore, Kadesh had other plans, both individually for Yaakov Avinu and for the Malchus of Klai Yisrael, but either way, that's the creative pshat of Bikei Yaakov Leishi B'Shalva. He wanted to sit B'Shalva just to take more of a, not a backseat um, in terms of Avodas Hashem, but just a backseat in terms of leadership, but Kadesh Baruch Hu thought that that was not meant, that was not meant to be. One idea. Another idea is mentioned by Rabbi Yosef Nechem Yekornitzer. We haven't visited him in a number of uh, weeks, so let's see what he has to say. We have two thoughts from him in <coughs> tonight's year. Rabbi Yosef Nechem source number two. Amru Chazal, he quotes the Medrash, a Medrash that is not so familiar to us. Amru Chazal, the Medrash Rapa. Avraham, Gier, Gerim. Yaakov, Gier, Gerim. It wasn't just Avraham Avinu. Yaakov Avinu also try to get spread monotheism. Yitzchak lo shamanu. What about Yitzchak? There's no evidence. Tamalomar be'eretz migurei aviv. Picks up on that word that we noted before. Giurei aviv sha'afhu gier gerim. They were all involved 
in spreading monotheism, again, not Judaism at that time, but spreading the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Says of Yosef Nechemia, <coughs> again, focusing on the Bikish Yaakov Leishi B'Sha'alfa. What exactly does that mean? Uh, we had one shot, line eight, Yadu Amidas HaTzadikim. He just uh, emphasizes and explains and expands on the question. Midas HaTzadikim HaShlemim Lahodos Lashem Chazdo Bechol Midu Midas Umodi Lahem. Tzadikim, they thank Hashem for every midah that Hashem measures out for them. And everything Hashem gives to them. L'tov and l'ra, the Pazik says in Eicha, right? Everything we know is for the good. And that's what he says beautifully out there of Drush. Tov and Chesed run after me. <coughs> David HaMelech did not have an easy life. David HaMelech, um, throughout just reading Sefer Shmuel Beis, it's very difficult. David HaMelech, something one can read to him and think David sitting back in a, in a rocking chair in the backyard looking out. David HaMelech had a very challenging life, right, with his children, with his, what they did with each other, and they rebelled against him, some of them. Very difficult. David HaMelech had a lot. And ultimately, the dream. He was, we're going to build the base of Migdash. He brings the Aaron back, finally, after the Peretz Uzzah, and the tragedy that happens. We know the Haftar for Barsha Shmini. And, and he finally gets the base of Migdash back, after the second try. And he's ready to build the base of Migdash. And he asks Nassar he says, great, build the base of Migdash. And then Hashem comes back to him and says, sorry. You can build a base of Mikdash. And what's David's reaction? Baruch Hashem. Great, my son's going to do it. He's happy. David HaMelech, near of Kal Hayamim, line 17. Gamzu Latova, Betachu, he was Boteach, Lechaparis, Avon Baolam Azeh, Kedesh Aloyatriduni, Vlinachli Mu'uma, Mishartovat Safin. I don't want to lose anything in the future. And that's why he says, Alderach Drush, Achtova Chesed, Humashi Yir Defuni Oive Kol Yemei Chayai. As long as I accept the Tova Chesed, call Yemei Chayai, whoever runs after me. But if I accept it in the proper way, I'll be able to sit in the Beis Hashem, and there are many stories of the Tanoim that were Samech B'Yisurin. And therefore again, Yaakov Avinu, what does it mean, Again, a question that is asked by all the Mepharshim. Aval Ha'inyan, line 32, let's see what his presentation is. Again, number one, we had Yaakov wanted to give over the, the uh, mantle of being an Av to number four. Didn't work. What's Rabbi Yosef Nechemi's answer? Aval Ho'inyan. Ki tzadikim mishtokakim laham rabim lavodes Hashem. The goal of tzadikim is to try to spread and be mashpia on others and uplift people. The Yaakov mi beis aviv va'avi aviv. Ro'olagayar geiru. Molachlis nachfashos tachas kanfi akadusha. Yaakov Avinu wanted to continue what his father and his parents and his grandparents did. To be Megayar, to spread. And he's had difficulties. We know what he thinks to himself. <coughs> Maybe if I had a little Shalva, Shalva's Hanefesh, I'll be able to work for God more. I'll be able to be the spreader of this religion. If I had Shalva, not Shalva just, oh, I've had so many Tsaras, I need to, I need some rest. No! But he wanted to continue the work of Avram Yitzchak. How much could he focus on doing what Avram Yitzchak did when he was busy with Lavan for 20 years? Or when he's running away from Esav? Or when he's dealing with Dina and Shimon and Levi? He, he's focusing, he has so many other focuses, he's so tarud. 
So of course he can't focus on anything else outside of his family. Yaakov says, I wish I had some shalva in order to be able to focus on what Avram and Yitzchak did. Somebody's in a position of, of confidence and of independence, so then he's not going to be able to accomplish. That's the connection to why Dafka here Megure, because Megure is what the Medjish learns out from Megai or Gerim. He wanted the Vayeshev in order to continue the Megure Aviv. Gambu Kavosav, Akain Bike Shalva. And then if you read it, read between the lines, what does Chazal say? Tzadikim don't only want Olam Shalva and Olam they want an Olam it's not, that's not a negative on Yaakov. Tzadikim, they not only want to be close to Hashem in the future, they want to be spread the word of Hashem in this world. They want Shalva in this world in order to work more for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Klomar, line 43. Fine, I've perfected myself and I'm going to getting it in Olam Haba, but no, I want more. I want to perfect this world. Ella. They want to take others with them. The Alkain. And that's what he thought. He thought the greatest way to influence it to be Mashpi on the world is to have a little shav and then he'll go out. What happens? Rogzosho Yosef. The Yosef story starts. What does that mean? HaKadosh Baruch Hu is laying the foundation and planting the seeds of Am Yisrael. Mamleches Kaanim V'goy Kadosh. That's the greatest plan in terms of influencing others into, in, into being mashpia on the world around us. It's time to build a nation. It's not just about you, Yaakov, going out and spreading your ideas. I need the nation to be built. Part of that is the plan of the Kur HaBarzel, going through Mitzrayim, Yosef going into Mitzrayim as the first step. So yes, I agree with you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, so to speak. You know, the goal is to spread, but not in the way that you think. Right, this is the ultimate plan as it goes to Gemara. The ultimate, what's going to happen? Not just the Abraham that left Mitzrayim, but the ultimate plan was to lead to Kabbalah Satora seven weeks after. So ultimately, Yaakov, your plan. To spread <coughs> and to be marbits the Hashbav Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that's exactly what's going to happen, but not in the way that you think, right? You wanted the shalva for that. I'm not going to give you shalva, but that's going to be the goal of what you want to do uh, in any case. So two ideas on Bikis Yaakov Leishem B'Shalva. Okay, moving right along. So what happens? Yosef is says over his dreams. We've spoken about that at length in past years. What's the difference between the two dreams? Why do they get more upset by the second dream? Right? One is kina, one is sinna, jealousy, hatred. What's the symbolism of the of the agriculture? Okay, more dreams, but not not right now. After the sinna and the kina that is described based on the dreams, Sheni. The brothers went to shepherd. I saw one of the Mepharshim point out 
We know the greatest stop and pause in a Pasuk, besides a Sof Pasuk, is an Asnachta. Right? Asnachta, which here is right after Vayelchu Echav. Echav. The weathers went. Why is there an Asnachta there? They went to, to shepherd uh, the Esonavihem. Right? No, no, no. They went. They left. Period. And then it adds, this was the cover-up, but really they left. They said they're already separate from Yosef. Yisrael says to Yosef, also interesting that here he's called Yisrael, as if he's playing something on the national stage, not just the personal Yaakov. Hey, your brothers are in Shechem. Go see how they are. Very, the, the juxtaposition that we could think. Yaakov Avinu, Lechora knew how his brothers felt about him. And they knew they were, he knew that they were all alone. And he sends Yosef, go see how your brothers are doing. Is that like a smart decision we might think with Chachma on the part of Yaakov Avinu? Let's hold off from that. Yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm here. Vahashiveni, Vahashiveni Davar, Vayishlachehu, Me'emek Chevron, Vayavo Shechema. What happens? He goes and he looks, he goes from Emek Chevron, Vayavo Shechem, and he comes to Shechem. Vayimseyehu Ish, he finds a man, Vinei Toe Basada, and he's wandering. Every phrase here is, is chock full. Vayishalehu Ish, Leymar, Matavakesh, what can I get you? What can I do for you? Vayomer, Esachai Anochim Evakesh. I'm looking for my brothers. Also, Yosef at this point, his father said, go look for them. He went, he didn't find them, he could have just gone home. He doesn't. He continues. Was he also oblivious to how his brothers felt? or not. And yet he goes. They left. They went to Dosan. And Yosef goes after his brothers and he finds them in Dosan. Says the Malbim. The Malbim here first quotes the Sefer HaAkedah, the Akedah Yitzchak, and then he argues on part of what he says. Says the Malbim. Well, even first, let's do, let's just read a Rashi first. A Rashi tells us, Vayisha, they went from, they went, Vayishlacheo me'emek Chevron. Rashi says, V'halo Chevron Bahar. V'shenem Vayalu Banegav Yavo at Chevron. Right, Chevron was on the mountain. What do you mean, the Emek, the valley of Chevron? Ella? So it can't be explained, uh, uh, with with uh, the uh, topography of the uh, of Hebron, but right now we're going to go with what Rashi says. Me'etza amuka, Amek is from the word amuka, the deep. The etza amuka shall also tzadik a cover b'Hebron. What's going on here? It's a fulfillment of what was told to Avram Avinu. Me'etza amuka l'kayim ashenever la'Avraham ben Abesarim kigayir azaracha. What's the message of that Rashi? What Yosef was doing here, and maybe what the other players were also doing here, is something deeper than their own actions would testify about. Let's see what the Malbim says. Says the Malbim. The Chazal Amru, second line. Yosef was 17 years old right now. Wasn't a grown man. Right, he still had a lot to learn. Seventeen years old, and he sends him alone to a makam sakana where his brothers were. Find the brothers 
altogether, he wasn't so scared of them. They have a reputation, right? They can protect themselves. Not just from the brothers, from pirates, from animals. Beyond the actions of the individuals involved, the Malbim explains, as we know, based on Chazal, they were pawns, so to speak, at least partially, in the framework of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was setting up. Upashas Maimerzeh, he says, the explanation of this passage, He quotes the Akedah and then agrees partially and argues partially. What does the Sefer Akedah say? Line 6. If Hashem has a general plan about something that's going to happen in life, there is no way that a human being could undo that. If Hashem has a general plan, so for example here, the Jews are going to end up in Egypt, and they're going to be, or at least in an Eretz Lolahem, let's call it. So if that's the plan of Hashem, Nothing's going to change that. Says the Akeda, the general plans do not remove at all the Bechira Chavshis of every single individual involved. There's the general national history that's taking place, but every individual in that map, in that world, has free choice to act however they want. There are many different ways <coughs> that the general plan can take effect. Even if we say, but he still had to get down to Mitzrayim, we'll talk more about this Hashem soon in the next source, but even if they had to get down to Mitzrayim, there are 20 different ways how they could have gotten down to Mitzrayim. Right? They could have gotten down through the way they did. They could have gotten down through, there was a, there was a, the, a, the, fa- just the famine. The famine happened. They all went down to Mitzrayim. Right? There are many different ways that they could have gotten down to Mitzrayim. Even though, yes, B'nai Yisrael had to get down to Mitzrayim, mikom akom. Says the the Akeda, they could have gotten down to Mitzrayim without the Hochet to Mechiris Yosef. That's his Yisod. There could have been other ways. And if they didn't have the hatred and the jealousy, they could have ended up in Mitzrayim and gone through the whole Karab Barzel and the whole plan even without that. Va'ani Omer says the Malbim, I agree with half, but not the whole. I agree with the first half that if there is a divine plan, the individuals are not going to undo that in any way. I, I agree. Once the Mitzrayim, <coughs> big discussion, the Rambam and the Ramban, about uh, the Mitzrayim's involvement. It says the Malbim here, as we alluded to in our reading of the Psukim, it can't just be purely plain old Bechir HaChavshas of the brothers. Yes, they sold their brother. Yes, there was a chait. There was something. But there were some parts of the story, like we just said, logically, doesn't fit, doesn't add up. Yaakov Avinu knew how he fi- they felt about him, and he still sent him away to a makom of danger all by himself. Yosef knew that they didn't like him so much, and he still went, and he persevered. And then he found an ish. 
and Hashem sends a Malach. And what does the Malach do? The Malach leads Yosef into the trap. That's what Gavriel does. That's what Gavriel and Malach is there for? Great. Thank you very much, Gavriel. Yeah, if you wouldn't have been, they would have gone back home. Nothing would have happened. Says the Malbim. Here, yes, there was some, one has to say some Bechir but there was also a divine plan part of the individuals as well, at least in this story. And let me put it into the Chazal's words, says the Malbim. <coughs> Said the Malbim, we know whenever somebody is involved in a mitzvah or in something positive and constructive, there's always Ezer Eloki Hashem, there's always Siyat HaTashmaya. Hashem helps, right? What does the, the, um, the Chazal say? Habala Taher, Oso. If you come to be Mitzvah, Mitzvah Oso. But what if somebody's in, doing an Avera? Hashem doesn't help you. But once you're involved in the Avera, you don't have divine help to do that Avera. Uvein line 12. So says the Malbim, we read this story, there was definitely some heavenly intervention involved in this chet. And that's usually not fair and not done. Right? There's heavily intervention in mitzvot. There's new, usually not heavily intervention if somebody's involved. Liam Cain. Lu Yitzuyar. Jizchaber pepeuva hara azosel shemichiras Yosef shumezer eloki. V'koshken hechrich eloki alasiyasa shemichir tevatla bechira noshit. So then, then what do you say here? You have to say, therefore, says the Malbim, that there was something beyond pure bechira chavshis. Right? We don't want to say that there was no bechiras Yosef. The brothers were nervous. Right? The brothers said, don't take revenge upon us. There was some behavior, but part of what they did was Shalom Kederach HaTeva. Shalom Kederach HaTeva. Right? And that's what it means, Me'emek Chevron. Line 20. Negederach HaTeva. Shlichu Shesholcho Yaakov Aya Negederach HaTeva. Rak Me'emek Chevron. V'hagam Shamechira Haisa Bechiris. Hayukimichrachim Itzarasina. And Hashem was, so to speak, so gerlifnehem and did not light up for them the mistake that they should have seen. So, as many Mepharshim do, there's a balance here. When we talk about all of these parshios, and we discussed this in past years, through the eyes of the Rishonim, there's a balance between acknowledging the chataim and recognizing that it wasn't just a chait like mine and your chait. Right? There was something beyond here. The Akedah says, no, it was pure Bechir Rechavshis. The general plan was to get into the Mitzrayim. How they got there, that was up to the human beings involved, and here this was their choice. The Malbim says, I can't accept that. A, because we're talking about the Shifteka, and B, because of some of the events don't really fit in. And therefore, says the, says the Malbim, you know, there's a little balance of Bechira, but also Ezer Eloki to this, uh, to this Avera. Somewhat opposite, a somewhat opposite idea, and again, both teach us something, is suggested by Rav Sarotskin in the Oznayim LaTorah. He focuses on the Malach, that the, Mal- the Malbim did not focus on. Right, the LaTorah, Vayim Se'eyu Ish, Zegavriel. Right, Zegavriel. Right, we've quoted in past years, I forgot who it was, the Chidah, possibly, the Ocha Satorah quoted it, that the, the uh, interesting, here there's an Ish, Zegavriel Amalach. Right, we had an Ish in last week's Parsha, right, that fought Yaakov Avinu. Right, it wasn't really an ish. Sarosh al 
When is an Ish Sarah Shalesav? When is an Ish Gavriel? If you're here to help, you're Gavriel. If you're here to cause problems, you're Sarah Shalesav. Right? The Ish depends on the Kavanas of those who are the cover-up, so to speak. But here Ish is Gavriel, even though this Gavriel didn't work out so well for Yosef. Says the Zayim LaTorah. Zay Gavriel, source four, up left. Yesh lehitzta'er ma'od. It hurts. Alasher nishlach malach mimarom laharis liyosef as a derech lachiv. Ulavim lideni soyon shloam dubo. It's very hard to accept the fact that here was a malach Gavriel. Gavriel is usually, Gavriel is not Samael. Gavriel is not the dark side. Right? Gavriel is one of the, the major Malachim. Gavriel, Michael. These are, this is the, this is the, this is the dream team, so to speak. Right? So Gavriel is here. Right? We, we mentioned in Dafyomi Shiram, the amazing Vilna Gon. The Vilna Gon says that after Ravina and Ravashi finished the Gemara, what we call the Gemara, the Talmud Babli, they sent it up to Shemayim to get the stamp of approval for, like, this is going to be the source of Talmud, the source of Torah Shaval Peh. And it was sent down and brought back by Gavriel, Michael, Raphael, and Uriel. Rosh Teva's Gemara. Right? They brought the Gemara back and said they gave their stamp of approval. So what Michael? Gavriel. So how could Gavriel here be leading Yosef into the trap and leading the brothers to sin? Such an Isayon. You know, when else would they get Yosef? If he wouldn't have been there, when would they get Yosef alone from Yaakov? They would never have tried anything back home. The Afshik for Nigzra Xera Yosef. Lihi Machir La Evet. Fine, there was a Xera that Yosef was going to be an Eved. Kadeshlitzar Yaakov and Alaredis Lasham Bishal Shlosh Barzel. Right, you had to find a way to get them down there. Not as Avadim. Avomahaya Chaser. Imhayu Mots Imosam Hamidyanim Tobasada. What if you Yosef could have just been wandering and the Midyanim could have found him directly? Forget the brothers' involvement. Why couldn't Gabriel not be there? The Yishmaelim found this one Jew and sold him. Forget the brother's involvement. She'oz, says Azayim Torah, because, no, it was Dafka through the brothers. And what do you sowed for us? It was Dafka for the brothers. She'oz, because if it wouldn't be the brothers, maybe throughout history we would think and say, what do we have to go through Egypt for? Why do we need this? Remember, Moshe says, what in the Medrash? And he complains, why does B'nai Yisrael have to go through this? Hey, Rabbah it's even worse. And what can HaKadosh Baruch Hu now point to now? Well, you know why this whole thing started? Two words, and we still haven't learned our lesson. Sinas Right? The brothers <coughs> didn't get along. The tsara of Yosef and the brothers, that led to the whole story. Dafka. So that we always know that our sorrows are brought upon ourselves. Rahman al Itzlan. Shasara Bebine Yaakov. Terib Shayerdulimitzrayim. Shigiyad Laharigas Olamikiras Ah, all the different Svaras that they had. Acha Kol Yomru, Shalohayu Ruyamaz Lios Kaam Khafshi, Umalko Bikirbo. We're not Roy. Right, we're not Roy. <coughs> right? We have to go to the Kura Barzel to get the Rafuas Hanefesh that uh, we so are longing and we so need. Ad Hayom Hazeh. How often do we look? Rahman al-Islan. Right, we can't explain every single detail and many of the the tragedies and catastrophes and the pogroms and the and the and the Holocaust. Rahman al-Islan, Akarashbarhu has a plan. But in the larger sense, we still have work to do. In the larger sense, we are still not Am Echad. Right? Paro says we're Am Echad. Right? We're we're not there. 
We're not there. There are too many uh, uh, separate groups in our religion. There are too many people, too many of us that uh, that um, look at each other without the proper res- mutual respect that we need to give each other. And uh, we have a lot of work to do before HaKadosh Baruch Hu would decide. Be'ez Hashem, hopefully we're there, but... You know, just looking at ourselves, it's our job to say we're not there yet. And to do ourselves, and it goes back to Gavriel. So Gavriel sends him there so that we always know what we have to work on. The reason is the Naschina. That's the reason. And that was the reason for the first Gaulus, and that's the reason we're still in Gaulus. Okay. Moving right along to Yehuda. And the Chait, talking more about the Chait itself. We mentioned years ago the Rashbam, that the brothers didn't actually sell him. If you look at the Psukim, it could be read that they just indirectly <coughs> they threw him in the pit and then some of the other nations picked him up. Okay. But the uh, other Mepharshim don't accept the Rashbam based on the Pasuk later on in uh, Parshas Vayigash uh, Vayechi, Asher Machar Temosi. But if we think about the root of the Chet itself, so Sinas Chinam and it's Kina and it's Sina, but there's a Medrash. And the Yemei Baruch Rabbi Simon quotes the Medrash. Source number five. Remember Yehuda, I think we pointed this out also in past years. The only Shvatim that say anything in Parshas Vayeshev, Mikis Vayigash Vayechi are Yehuda and Reuven and Yosef. But Yehuda and Reuven are vying for the leadership. They're the ones that are doing any of the talking. Right? And they're the only active players here. Right? And it's not like Shimon and Levi don't know to say anything or do anything when they have something to, to do, as we know from last week. But they don't say a word. It's all Ruvain and Yehuda. So what happens here? Pasach Havav. First they're going to throw it. They're going to kill him. L'chuvan ha'hargeyu. Ruvain says, don't kill him. Lo nakenu nefesh. Atish v'chudam ashlichu aso alabar azeh. Right? We have to remember Ruvain is the one that says throw him into the pit. And he has in mind to bring him back by the Shem later on. Vayikach yabay Yosef alachav. Vayafshitu as Yosef. They threw him in the pit. And they sit down to eat. Yehuda then says, He's the one that has the plan of selling him. The brothers accept his words, right? They accepted, right? Shmia doesn't only mean hearing, but it means accepting. Also by Nasev and Ishma, Uncle says, right? We'll accept. Says the Medrash. What exactly was the problem with this plan? Says the Medrash, line 3. Yehuda, Rabbi Simon, Rabbi Chanan, Rabbi Yishem, Rabbi Yochanan, Amri. Call me shu maschil b'mitzvah. Ve'ena gomra, kover zishto v'ezbanav. Whoa. Very serious to start a mitzvah and have the wherewithal to finish it and not finish it. Mi mi atolameid, mi Yehuda. Yehuda says, what? What are we going to do? Right, what, what should we do? Right, the later, the later Pasuk. Right, when he decided, first they threw him in the pit. Reuven said, don't kill him, and Reuven left. We'll talk about that about soon. And then Yehuda says, he's the one that decides not to kill him, but also to sell him. But says the Medrash, he, he started, he had a good idea. Save Yosef. But he didn't finish the job. They would have listened to him. Put him on your shoulders, bring him back. And it led to tragedy, Rahman al Somebody starts a mitzvah and doesn't finish it. He does not get the credit for the mitzvah. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not deal well with that. V'nira l'hosef tzazbir. B'nira by Simon says on line 9, 
Let's explain a little bit, though. When somebody starts a mitzvah, <coughs> they have special to finish it, as we just quoted earlier also. So why wouldn't a person finish a mitzvah if they started? If they already have that divine help? It's only if I don't deem it worthy of my finishing. If I'm machshiv the mitzvah, of course I'll finish it. Of course I'll finish a job. Right? You ever read a book three quarters of the way? Generally, if it's a really bad book, then I'll stop there. But most of the time, if I read three quarters, I finish the book. We're going to start something and not finish it? Even if it's an ad book, you finish it because you started it. Lahavdil. I mean, a mitzvah. Not finishing a mitzvah. Hamas a mitzvah. If I don't, it reflects that I'm not machshiv this action. And that was the time on Yehuda. It must be that you don't think it's so chashiv to save your brother. As we learn later in the as we learn later in the parsha, But then there's another one other medrash. Again, let me just say parenthetically. This does not mean that if I know I won't be able to complete the mitzvah, I shouldn't even do the beginning of it. This is only talking about a case where if I have the wherewithal to finish the mitzvah, I have to finish it. But let's say I know I can only do the first half of the mitzvah, and I can't do the second half, I still should do the mitzvah. Right? Half a mitzvah is better than none. Right? That's what we learned from Moshe Rabbeinu, the Gemara Maseches Makos. Dafyomi did it a few weeks ago. Gemara Maseches Makos tells us, Moshe Rabbeinu knew that the Are Miklat would not be collate, it wouldn't work as Ari Miklat until all six were set up. The three that he sets up, and the three that Yeshua Benun sets up. So you know he wouldn't finish the job. What does Moshe say? Mitzvah baliyad yakaymena. I get to do a half a mitzvah? That's good enough for me. And the Rambam quotes that Gemara in the Pirish Mishnahis and Pirkeiavos on the Mishnah, Havizor mitzvah kala kevachamura. A mitzvah kala, even a half a mitzvah. So, yes, our attitude has to be even to do half a mitzvah. But, if it's a circumstance where I could finish it, then I have to finish it. Because not finishing it reflects a lack of chashivas. And then, interestingly, Reisayim just quotes another medrash, which maybe explains a little the human side, excuse me, the human side of why or how <coughs> Yehuda did not, was not ma'arich properly. Amr la'kadosh baruch hu Yehuda, line 18. Ein l'chabanim arachshav, ve'ein ata yodeyat sarbanim. The medrash says it, that's why we could say it. We wouldn't be able to say it without the medrash. You didn't have any children yet. Someone who has a child could understand what it means for the pain of missing a child. Only someone who has a child could start fathoming that. Ata, you cause problems for your father. This iso so betrof taraf yosef. Chayecha tisa isha v'tikbaras banecha v'tidet tzarban. A very sharp language by the medrash. But anyway, the message of the medrash. There's a gemara about this also about the dayanim have to have children. Why? Because there's a certain type of rachmanus that is inbred in a person naturally to give to their children. And if somebody doesn't is not zochet to the child yet, like Yehuda was, so maybe he couldn't identify with that pain that he would be causing his father. And if he knew the pain, as we know from afterwards. Chazal already tell us, if they saw the pain, they tried to be Menachem, and they couldn't. And maybe if they knew, and they really recognized the pain that he would have been through, they wouldn't have done it. Right? 
of a father clapi a son, and maybe that maybe that contributed. But either way, the yesod for us is Hamaskloba Mitzvah, Omrim Lo Gamar, and we have to try to to finish it. Okay, let's get back to Ruvain now. Let's get back to Ruvain and then we'll have a thought towards the end of the parsha and one connected Hanukkah thought. So Ruvain, what does Ruvain say? Ruvain says, you know, don't do it, don't kill, throw him into the bar. And Ruvain, what's the language? He wanted to save him, to save him from their hands, to bring him back to his father. And then the whole story happens, and then what happens? Ruvain comes. For some reason, Ruvain is absent during the sale. He tears his clothing. And Pashas, he said, what? Where? He calls him a yelet. Right, beforehand, he wasn't called a yelet. He was 17 years old. But Ruvain, trying, feeling the Rachmanus of the oldest brother, the Achrayus. What does Rashi say? Tupshatim. He wasn't at the sale. It was his day to be Mishamish's father. Rashi Pshat number one. Number two, He was busy still doing tshuva. For the chait that he did, whatever the chait was, with Bilha and the beds. So Pshat number one, he wasn't there because he was servicing his father. Pshat number two, he was doing tshuva for the Chet. Says of Yosef Nechemia, second one of the evening, from Rav Yosef Nechemia, line 10. V'yesh l'faresh, the trevayu chada milsa kami v'lo pligi. I think I, that you, one could connect the tupshatim of Rashi, of number one, he was serving his father, Mishamish's father, number two, he was doing shuva. Ki b'yemes l'yesh Because if you think about it, ask Rav Yosef Nechemia, Ruvain knew, again, this is part of what the Malbim's point from before was also, Ruvain knew what the brothers wanted to do. They wanted to kill him. Ruvain said, no, 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 don't kill him. You know what? I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Does that make sense, what Ruvain did? Right? Okay, he left him. They wanted to kill him. Ruvain says, no, don't kill him. Put him in the pit. I'll be back tomorrow. In Be'emetz Chafetz Ruvain, Latzilus Yosef al-Hashivol Aviv, how did Ruvay do this? That's really what Chazal are asking. Where in the world did he go? You know, he, he tried to save, and he knew. He didn't leave anywhere, says Yosef Nechemia. He was there. But he was constantly doing shuva for his previous chait. The brothers were having a conversation about what to do with Yosef. Says Yosef Nechemia, you know what must have happened? The brothers asked Ruvain to leave. They asked Ruvain to leave? Why did they ask him to leave? You can't be part, you can't be objective. You can't be objective. You're bending over backwards to get back on your father's good side. You'll do anything for Yosef. You'll do anything for your father. So you can't be here. It just says he wasn't there. How wasn't he there? 
Choshishu, the brothers failed. Ulai Ata, and her mothers. They didn't do this out of Rishus, according to a lot of the other Mefarshim. They really were trying to, you know, have a Din Torah and try to figure out Api Bezdin. What's the Halacha? Is he a Rodef? Is he a this? Ulai Ata Yis Amit Ruvain, Lafok Bishuse Shal Yosef, maybe he'll be Babik Bishus, Afilu Shalokadin. Turning over, a little overboard. Rak l'man yela kel yado lasos bazechatifa laviv ulahanos nafsho tachlashetzir ruba meisabila. Maybe he would go to the other extreme, and that's what it means. He was involved in shuva. He was being mishamishus aviv. What does that mean? His whole life was trying to be mishamishus aviv, and therefore the brothers didn't want him there. Klomar ata nizdamna lo hasha sheyuchal l'shamishus aviv lasos chativa shaydikach to save him here. He could definitely be Masaki in the Chait. Because saving Yosef's life, and the, they would hear about it, Kacha Choshtu Hashvatim as Ruvain. They were Choshe Ruvain. He'd be a Melitz Yosher for Yosef. Because they realized that, you know, you can't be it. They threw him into the pit and they said, Ruvain, you know, we're going to decide this ourselves objectively. You know, come back, come back in a little while. Paslos Ruvain, Milios Dayan, Bedavar Zever, Chikumisham. And then, what does Ruvain come back? He screams, Ana Aniba, not because I let Yosef be sold, but this was my golden opportunity to be able to get back on my father's good side. And we blew it. Ana Aniba, not on my original, my hate now. My original hate still stands. I wouldn't have done that hate. I would have been able to stand more in this hate. And the rest is history, says the... Says the uh, says Rabbi Yosef Nechemi. This is the second shot. Also, he gives. We're not going to do now. They wanted to finish up the last two thoughts um, in the time that we have. Okay. Last thought. One more thought on the parsha, and then an overall thought. Let's skip to the end. The whole story of Yehuda and Tamar. We'll talk about maybe Bez in a minute. But we get to the end. We have the story of more dreams. We're almost done. We're not. We have a few. We have. We already had Yaakov's dream in Parshas Vayetzei. In this week's parsha, we start off with Yosef's dreams, and we end up with the dreams of the Sarah Mashkim and the Sarah Ophim. Next week, Hashem, we'll start with Parah's dreams. Many dreams, and remember, no more dreams in all of the Torah. Right? They're all here in Sefer Bracious. But we you know we have the end. We have the baker and the butler, and Yosef uh, gives uh, opposite interpretations to the baker and the butler, the Sarah Mashkim and the Sarah Ophim. Again, a lot to talk about, but just one Nakuta. One little fascinating Nakuta. Is there anything in the dreams themselves that would have lent themselves to opposite interpretations? How did Yosef know that the baker was going to die? Is there anything in his dream that gave off that impression? The Sarah Mashkin was going to be pouring wine for Paro, and the Sarah Ophim was going to hang, and the birds were going to take care of his goof. Is there anything in his body, in his, uh, in his dream, that, that gives it away? Says Ramir Shapiro, fascinating. He quotes a mashal. Quotes a story. Source number eight is quoted here in the Mayan Shal Torah. Misapra Maisa Bitarukashot Sayarim, there was a uh, contest, there was some type of large uh, presentation of art, artists and paintings. And there was one painting of a famous artist of a person holding a basket of fruit. Basket of fruit. It was such a lifelike picture. The birds used to come and bang into the painting because they thought it was real fruit. 
It was so real and lifelike, the birds came and banged into it. The whole world was like unbelievable. This is so lifelike, so amazing. This wins the prize. And then somebody had another prize. Like, wait, if anybody could find anything wrong with this picture, I'll give them a prize. It's such a perfect picture. Can you figure out anything? Everybody's like, what? There's nothing wrong with the picture. It's a perfect picture. It's so lifelike. It's so unbelievable. Until one person raises their hand. I got it. What's that? The person's not so lifelike. Why not? If the person was lifelike, the birds wouldn't come close. Birds don't come when a person's holding a basket. Only when there's no person there and the basket's there by themselves. So the fruit are very lifelike, but the person's not lifelike. Yosef hears from the Sar HaOfim. What's his dream? I'm holding bread and the birds are eating it. The birds are eating it. That means you're not alive. That was the hint in the dream and Yosef had that interpretation. Right? What does he say? They're eating from the bread basket on my head. Birds wouldn't come to a bread basket on the head if he had any life to him. That's the muscle of our Mayor Shapiro. And that is the uh, final thought. Okay, just to end with a, a general thought, um, specifically to the Parsha, but also related to Hanukkah. Related <laughs> to Hanukkah from, from Rav Salvechik. Right, this is the uh, Hanukkah we know is the last uh, Yantif, the last Yantif that we uh, Chazal created. Again, it didn't make it into Tanakh, uh, but the last Yantif that the Chazal created from during Bayesheni. Um, the roots of Hanukkah, though, is what has to take us through this long Gaulus, right? Hanukkah, the lights of Hanukkah in the darkest time of the year is what has to take us through the Gaulus. That message is brought out in Parshas Vayeshev also. Where in Parshas Vayeshev do you have this idea of darkness, the idea of hope, the idea of hoping beyond hope? Tamar. Tamar is a hero. What's the hero? Rav Salvechik, we're not going to read the whole thing. I gave you part of his article in uh, Days of Deliverance about Purim and Hanukkah. Turn over the idea. Put this in a context, says Rav Salvechik. All the roots of Mashiach, we had a shear about this in another uh, time as well. All the roots of Mashiach have somewhat unusual actions, occurrences. Lot and his daughters, Tamar and Yehuda. What do those stories have in common? And yes, the Midrashim say everybody was L'shem Shemayim. The daughters thought that the whole world was destroyed. They were the only ones left. And Tamar, obviously, both of them were in a state of hopelessness. Both of them could have given up and just thrown in the towel and say it's all over. And yet they said, no, we're going on. We're doing what we have to do to rebuild what we can. A pair, line 33, a pair of vulgar, unwitting young girls, the daughters of Lot, were the sources of the power to begin everything anew. True, they did it in a horrible way, obviously, but their primitive intention was good and demonstrated a remarkable strength of spirit. That's Malchus based David. That's the roots, no matter how dark, but we always have the hope. Right? What happens immediately after one buries a father or mother? At Akfura, before we go away from the burial, we cover the body with dirt. And what do we do? We turn around and say the words, Yiskadal, Yiskadash, Shmei Rabbah. God's name should be blessed. And we say the Kaddish of Tchiyas 
Right after we bury, we exclaim and declare we believe in We believe that this is only a step in the process. That's Am Yisrael. Turning over. When a Jew sits on the ground on Tisha B'av, pouring out his heart, what does he do? And then later on, by Mincha, Shuv Mecharon Pecha, there's a hope. Line 13, if not for the belief in the future, exemplified by Lod's daughters, the idea of the kingdom of the house of David cannot have been realized. And then he talks about Tamar in all his, his amazing, beautiful language. Another naive and simple woman, Tamar, showed the strength of waiting and hoping, of having faith even when she became the subject of mockery. She sat as a widow in her father's house. She could not tear herself away from him, right? She had this innate Ruach HaKodesh connection to Yehuda. Something faithful, incomprehensible, tied her to him. Something larger would come of it. V'chulu, v'chulu. He continues. It's a little uh, uh, not clear. Line 35. Everyone laughed and mocked, saying, God has long forgotten you. Thousands of years passed, and the divine promise was not fulfilled, yet the Tamars keep waiting. We are all Tamars. They sat on the ground at Tishabov and cried, but this night, my sons cry and wail. And this night, my palace burns. But I believe. <coughs> Beside David HaMelech, that's the Koach of Am Yisrael. David Melech Yisrael Chayvekayim. The Koach of a Tamar. The Koach of beyond hope, beyond logic. We realize that something's going to come of it. Right? During Bayashani, what they think? There was no more Nisim. There was no more hope. There was no more, no more uh, Kohanim Gedolim. And what the event, what the what the the, the makabim feel, rabim miyatim tzmiyam batahorim. What kind of hope? What gives? What gives us the 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 confidence? It comes from Tamar. It comes from Lot's daughters. It comes from a belief that when the when it's so dark, we could still believe and we could still see the see the future. Right? The Gemara Sanhedrin right quotes, "Where's the Mashiach?" Mashiach sitting among, one of the Tanam was looking, where's Mashiach? He's sitting amongst the people who are like injured and, and disabled. Mashiach is, is in the dark, but he's ready to come at any second. This is the power of Hanukkah, this is the power of Parshat Vayeshev, to see the light, not just to yearn, not just to hope, but to have the actualization of all the dreams of Am Yisrael for so many years. Be'ez Hashem, we will have a, a Parshat next week. It'll be uh, uh, Wednesday night, Be'ez Hashem, also, by, by Miketz and Hanukkah.